Welcome to season two of A Shot of Melanin, conversations that give it to you straight, no chaser. I'm Michelle. And I'm Brittany. Britt, it's so good to be back. I am so excited for season two. How about you? Yes, girl. I've been waiting. We've been planning for this for a while. Yes. It's so good to be back and bring you guys content. So, Britt, Michelle, what did you do for New Year's? Oh, like everyone. It was super exciting. I went to big party. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) I literally spent New Year's in bed with my boyfriend and my daughter. She fell asleep, but she was there. And we didn't even do the countdown. We were watching Girlfriends on Netflix. (laughs) And then he looked over and it was past 12 and he's like, Happy New Year. So that's pretty much how I wanted to ring in the new year because I was like, this is garbage. Uh, we, can, we can't do anything. So exactly. let's just keep it low key. What about you? Um, well, <laughs> I spent my New Year's on a couch with some covers and some Kleenex. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, girl. I was sick. Uh, I was sick a couple of days just before New Year's and leading on to New Year's. Um, day and I was just I was just a hot mess I was sick but you know we did the best that we could with it um the kids were up <laughs> the kids were up even my no youngest way. One, yeah even my youngest one he was awake my little okay. one-year-old um and then we just kind of watched the ball drop so we got to watch that um I think it's called like Dick Clark and Times Square mm-hmm. which was interesting to watch I have to say because everybody was like in like bubbles I saw that. Yeah, they're like in bubbles or little pockets. You can like, you know, it's not like the typical New Year's where you see a crowd of people. Yeah. Um, And we just kind of watched that. We actually tuned in late, so we didn't watch the whole thing. We didn't watch like performances and everything. We just kind of tuned in at like 1150. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we watched from then. And then, you know, we did the countdown and the ball dropped and we all said Happy New Year's to each other. And that was it. That's fine. Yeah. So, Michelle, do you have any goals for 2021? Goals. Of course, I've got goals. So, um, in terms of health-wise, um, just become more active. You know, I guess take more walks and take the kids out as well on those walks. Um, in terms of podcasts, um, obviously, shoot out more content. Duh, Michelle. Hello. Um, I have plans to also I've gotten some good feedback in terms of our shirts so if you haven't seen our or if you haven't followed our Instagram page I got Brittany some gear and it was really just to promote and welcome her to the team it was nothing like um, to sell or anything but I've gotten some some feedback from people and people are asking where can they buy it so we're probably looking at doing some sort of merch so there's that and you know just kind of grow our content and grow our listeners and allow people to continue having these conversations at the table um what about you Britt any kind of goals for 2021 same for me it's really about health I'm trying to optimize my health as much as I possibly can as you know I have polycystic ovarian syndrome which is otherwise known as PCOS and so um PCOS for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what it is It's a hormonal disorder that affects one in 10 women of childbearing age. So you can have PCOS and not even know it because the symptoms are so crazy. You can develop diabetes, heart disease, stroke, uh, loss of periods, hair thinning, so many different symptoms. But the most common is infertility. Um, So in the past two years, I've really been struggling a lot with symptoms of PCOS and I haven't been feeling my best. So the past six months, I've been trying to reverse my symptoms and really take my health into control. So that's my continued goal for 2021. But in those past six months, that's when I met our first guest of the year, Andrea Bomo. And she's founder and owner of Anne and Ellie Apothecary. And she's a fellow sister. I had the pleasure of talking to her about all things PCOS. She was able to reverse her symptoms of PCOS and have two successful pregnancies after being told she would never be able to have children. So she developed an herb formula to help with things such as PCOS, painful periods, fibroids, and so much more. Through her own personal journey with learning to heal her body naturally, she devoted her life to helping others do the same. 
We discussed our journey with diagnosis, as well as the importance of diet, herbs, stress reduction, and all that good stuff in the fight to reverse PCOS symptoms. I hope you guys enjoy our season two premiere episode. This is a shot of melanin. So um, the first thing I wanted to know was about your diagnosis with PCOS. Uh, what symptoms were you having that prompted you to go to the doctor? How old were you? What did the doctors tell you? I'd love to know a little bit about your story with your introduction to PCOS. So um, the first time I went to the doctor is because I was having irregular periods. And, um, and I was having acne, which I never had before. I think I was around... Um, 24 years old, I think, 24. Um, I'm 31 years old now, so I was about 23 to 24 years old. So I went to the doctor uh, because of my acne, because I've never had it before, and it was really, uh, you know, cystic acne. Mm. It didn't go away. Um, I've tried so many things, and my period became so irregular, so painful, um, that I went to see the doctor, and the doctor told me that it was completely normal, that it happens to all women, um, and that it wasn't a big deal. Mm. So, um, and I insisted. I was like, no, I've never had acne before. Like, I, I know my body. Like, I, you know, even when I was a teenager, I didn't have acne. So right. something must be wrong. And he was like, no, you know, sometimes, you know, hormonal acne can happen uh, after and it will all go away when you get pregnant. Right. And I was like, oh, really? So that was really the first time I went to a doctor. And then he uh, referred me to um, uh, a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. um, who gave me all kinds of, you know, medication that didn't work because the acne will always come back. And of course, I didn't see a connection with my acne and hormonal issues at the time because I didn't right. know I had PCOS. So it took me about a year and a half to have a proper diagnosis. Okay. Wow. And uh, by the time I was living in the UK and yeah, the, the, the medical system um, in the UK is rubbish, like they say. It's really it's it's the worst. So basically, you go to a you go to your GP, and you know you can't see any professional, you can't see any specialist, you can't. Um, so I was always dismissed with my symptoms, and I, I just all I wanted was really to have like a you know a, you know some blood tests, like some right. you know, form of like just to know like everything was going well. I was having so much pelvic pain, uh, so much pain that I knew that, okay, if I, if I can get like something like some form of, you know, exam, something just to test me to see if everything is fine, I'm pretty sure I will have answer. But even to get that, it was not possible. It was right. not possible in the UK. Um, so I got my, uh, diagnosis, my PCOS diagnosis in India, which is no way. crazy. Like I had to travel all the way to India. Um, initially, I was going there because, um, um, you know, a family member um, uh, referred re referred me to a doctor over there uh, because she was um, she, she's a fertility expert. You know, she uh, she you know very very popular, very known. Um, she so she referred me to her when I was on I was going on a trip to India, and she was like, oh, you know what? While you're there, uh, why don't you go see that doctor, you know, just to have some tests because she was really helpful to me and she's very knowledgeable and she's, you know, so I was like, okay, you know, why not? So I went there um, and, and you know, she she put me through a series of tests and, you know, the next day she was like, oh, you have PCOS. And I was like, oh, wait, what's that? And, mm -hmm. and she was like, you know, it's a, it's a hormonal disorder. It affects a lot of women. And um, are you having any desire to have children? Uh, do you plan on getting pregnant? And I was like, um, no, I'm like 25. I have no desire to, you know, I was like. <laughs> You're like, back up. Hold on. Know, Wait, like, that? I didn't have, I didn't even have a boyfriend. Like I, you know, I was, you know, I was still a student. I, 
So I was like, no, like it's not. She was like, oh, well, maybe you should think about it. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to give you, you know, some pills, like, of course, um, you know, uh, birth control, like, of course. and um, some medication to, you know, kind of control your hormones. And when you feel ready to conceive, come back and see me. I will put you through hormonal treatments. Um, so, yeah, that was basically um, how... I got diagnosed. Um, I was even more confused after I had a diagnosis, but at least I knew that it wasn't all in my head. So that yeah. would be something that helped me because I was like, okay, being dismissed by so many doctors um, to finally have someone saying, yo, your symptoms are actually real. It's, and there's a reason, there's a reason for that. And it's PCOS. So um, that was the beginning basically of my, my wellness journey. Yeah. And for me, in my journey, it was the same thing. It's like you have all these problems, your body is just not, you know, your body, and it's not acting like it normally used to. And all the doctors are like, Oh, like, for me, I was told, Oh, it's just stress. It's in your head. It's this and that. And it's like, No, but my body is giving me signs, there's something wrong. And all you want is an answer. If the answer is good or bad, you just want an answer. So it's nice to get that answer. But once you get that answer of PCOS, like, I don't know how it was for you. I didn't know how it was going to affect my life as I got older because I was diagnosed, I think it was maybe 18 or something, and I'm 31 now, and it's really kicked in and been worse in the past uh, maybe two or three years. And I didn't know. At the time, I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. PCOS, I was put on birth control. No big deal. I don't care. Like, why are people complaining about this PCOS? And now I'm like, oh, because it actually affects your life in so many levels. So did you did you understand what was going to happen to you in the future or how this was going to have an impact on your life when you got diagnosed? No, I had no idea. I think also like doctors didn't know that, you know, because I think a lot of doctors are not even aware of how, you know, PCOS affects your life. They only focus on fertility when in fact PCOS has so many different symptoms. It affects so many parts of your life um, that it should be treated as what it is, a metabolic disorder. So it's not just about the period. It's not just about the fertility. Um, It doesn't go away when you have a kid. So it's really like I had no idea that PCOS and depression were connected. I've been struggling with depression for my entire life, basically. And I, I had no idea that anxiety and depression uh, were connected to PCOS. I didn't know that stress uh, was a huge factor in PCOS. Um, I had no idea that, you know, the way my lifestyle, you know, my sleep um, and everything else, like I didn't know anything, to be honest. And and to this day, like the, there are certain things that I still learn about PCOS because it's such a complex disorder. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of research that's been done, um, uh, you know, uh, and I was listening to a podcast this morning saying how PCOS, um, you know, affects affects your baby when you get pregnant. Like, and if you manage to, to have a healthy pregnancy and to give birth, uh, if you are not healed from your disorder, your child has more chances to develop autism, to develop um, all kinds of, you know, uh, chronic disease, such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and I was like, what? You know, it's like, like it's, a, it's a new no research, way. right? So, um, you know, so it's always evolving. And I think um, a lot of women are not aware of, you know, how, you know, the gravity or severity of PCOS. And I wish doctors were more, um, you know, I'm, I'm also aware that a lot of doctors are not very aware, but it's their job to know mm-hmm. that, right? It's mm-hmm. the doctors. So um, I wish there were, you know, they were educating women. Like, I wish they were like, okay, instead of giving you birth control, like, why don't we look at your lifestyle? Why don't we look at your diet? Why don't we uh, pay attention? Because you also have more chances to develop diabetes. You have more chances to have cardiovascular disease. You have more chances to have cancer. Like, it's it's a crazy, it's, like, it's crazy. It's a, like, you can't just talk about fertility uh, when it's a whole, like, it affects your, your body, your mind as a whole. Um, so, um, so no, I was not aware and, um, uh, and a lot of women are, are not, you know, so. Yeah. Cause they're not given that tool. They're just given a diagnosis, a couple of pills and bye-bye out of the office and good luck, you know, exactly. and, and not told that, Oh, you might want it. Like you said, change your diet. That's going to affect you a lot. If you have a healthier diet and, and cause less inflammation in your body. And it's just, it's ridiculous. But I know that for me personally, 
I found you through, I think it was Facebook. And I've learned so much about PCOS from your website and then your herbs and stuff. We're going to talk about your teas later on in the episode, but I've learned so much from you and like researching other people and seeing that all of these women like yourself have done the research independently because the doctors didn't give the information. So I'm curious to know, how did you find all the information that you have now and and get to understand about nutrition and sleeping and all the different factors that could help heal your PCOS besides what the doctors were telling you? Well, the first thing is I wanted to feel better. Like when you're looking for a solution, you are so sick of being sick, you look for answers. So I was spending a lot of time uh, online, you know, on forums. Like I was, I was researching mm-hmm. a lot. But the most important thing I, I think that really helped me is paying attention to my body, like listening to my body, because there's so much there's so much information out there, like, and not everything will work for you. So you have to really uh, test things and to yeah. like kind of, you know, understand how your body works. So I was experimenting a lot, um, especially when it comes to diet. Like I will, you know, cut things out and see how my body reacted. And I was like, oh, wait, uh, I'm feeling better. I have less period cramps. I have less uh, heavy bleeding. So it means that it's working. I didn't have the research to back it up. Like I didn't know all the things that I know now, but it was really tuning into my body, um, listening to my body and, um, and just being very, very aware of everything in my environment, in my lifestyle that could affect my hormones. Once I figured out how to eat, I realized that, oh, there's also the lifestyle aspect. There's also the toxins in my environment. So then I cleaned up like, everything like in my home to this day, like I don't use any harsh chemicals, like anything like, so it was a whole, like it was a learning experience, but the bottom line is the desire to get healthier, like the desire to, to, because the other thing is in my situation, I also had other reproductive health issues. I had fibroids, I had ovarian cysts, and I had already, um, I think by the age of 24, I, I had like two surgeries. So oh I, yeah, so I, I already had like a very difficult health history and doctors were very clear that I wouldn't have children naturally. So for me, it was really like, oh, well, since I can have children, so I have nothing to lose, you know, I just want to feel better. So it yeah. was really me trying to, to get better and, and, and it worked. Wow. That's amazing. I don't know how you're able to stick with all that. I'm listening to you. I'm like, wow. Cause I've been trying to like clean up obviously the way that I'm eating, but even your your products in the home, no harsh chemicals and all that, like that must be such a, a task to stick with because you have to go out of your way to avoid all of these things, right? It's so easy to just have all of the garbage and the toxic chemicals and all of that because that's what we're around. That's, that's what's available to us. So we have to do our research and go out of the way. So it's really impressive that you were able to do all of that plus change your eating habits, which... It's not very easy. I'll speak for myself. Not super easy. But um, back in uh, November, you did a polycystic ovarian syndrome uh, challenge where um, you removed different foods. And um, for me specifically, I was focusing a lot on the dairy because on your list, you had a list of things to avoid and things that you should have in your diet. And uh, dairy, refined sugars, gluten, those are like the big ones for me. Um, And I've been incorporating that into the way that I've been eating since November. I haven't had dairy since November. Gluten and sugar, refined sugar, okay, yes, I've had a little bit. It's hard for me to kind of kick it, but I do notice I've always had constant neck pain. Like it was every single day. The 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 pain would sometimes vary. Sometimes it would just be dull pain, and sometimes it would be I excruciating. I couldn't do anything. It was so painful. And since kicking, I think for me it was the dairy. I haven't had any pain in my neck anymore. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's easy for me to just not have the dairy because I'm like, I feel so much better. My neck is not hurting anymore. I was getting migraines all the time. I haven't had a migraine since starting this this way of eating. So wow. I, I noticed, I'm like, wow, like this is the first time in my life I was like, wow, eating actually does affect your body like that. Like you actually have to be aware that thing that they say you are what you eat. It's true. <laughs> you have to be careful of what you eat. So can you talk to me a little bit more about um, the link between 
diet and healing PCOS and why it's so important? I mean, it's important in everything. Like diet is at the root cause of every uh, chronic disease that we have today, diet and lifestyle. So when we know that we can actually do the right thing, right? I think the, the thing is a lot of people are not aware because we are not thought that like, I've never been to a doctor um, uh, and someone told me, uh, oh, you know what, just cut off your dairy consumption or stop eating uh, a lot of carbs. Like the, we are not being taught how to eat. So it's normal that a lot of people are having a lot of issues because they don't know that what they're eating on a daily basis is causing them a lot of issues because um, it's just the way like medicine works today. So that's why it's really, it really has to be like an integrative approach. That's why um, I, I advocate for a holistic healthcare. Like we don't need to look at only the diet, for instance, because fixing only the diet is like fixing half of the problem. Right. right because there are other factors right so diet is basically what you give your body like the the food you eat is like the food like it's it's what allows your body to do its natural job so right. when you're eating a lot of inflammatory foods your body is in chronic inflammation and when your body is in chronic inflammation it cannot do its natural job it cannot uh, perform well it cannot digest well it cannot sleep well it cannot, um, you know, you know, have any form of balance, whether it's hormonal balance, um, you know. So think of food as really something that is used to nourish your body, not mm-hmm. just eat. Because because people think of eating like when I'm hungry, I'm eating. Like it's not it's not that. It's really uh, being mindful that what we eat is what nourishes our body. Mm-hmm. So um, when you eat foods that are more anti-inflammatory foods that are calming foods that are rich in fiber like those kind of foods that help your body return to a state of balance because the thing is uh there's no pill there's no medication that's going to heal you it's just going to heal the symptom right it's going to heal um what's on the surface but your body has the ability to heal itself when you give it the right food the right nutrients because Mm -hmm. when we think of food we, you know, a lot of people, especially in North America, like um, you see, like, I don't know, anything that is processed, like burgers and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. we, we call it food, but we really have to look at the nutrients. Like we look at the nutritional value of what we're eating. Is it really food? Is it feeding your body? So that's a question I'm asking every day. Like, of course, you cannot eat clean and healthy all the time. Like it happens. So the most important thing is to be aware like maybe let's say tonight I'm going to order some pizza. I know that, okay, I've had pizza today. Like I'm not going to have pizza tomorrow or the day after, right. you know? Yeah. So it's not to be like, nobody's, nobody eats clean all the time. Like I don't like, I don't personally, but, um, but I know what it does to my body. So when I, when I, when I eat something that is high in gluten, I know that it's, it's, you know, it's creating inflammation in my body. Yeah. And I'm very sensitive to, 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 to inflammation because I have PCOS. So if I happen to eat something that has gluten in it, I'm going to make sure that I cleanse. Like I'm going to make sure that I, I eat a lot of, uh, you know, anti-inflammatory food after, or that I, you know, I drink some herbal teas to kind of, you know, uh, decrease the inflammation that it's causing me. Um, so being aware is very important. And uh, what we eat will either heal you or kill you. And that's, yeah. that's very true. Um, so that is the connection really between food and health in general and um, it's also, we see it with diabetes and, you know, all kinds of chronic disease. It's when people already have the diabetes that doctors are like, oh, uh, you have to, to cut out, you know, sugar. But mm-hmm. if that person that, you know, if that person was already implementing those changes in their lives, throughout their lives, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have diabetes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't uh, believe that, you know, disease uh, you know, run in the family. I don't believe in that. I think what runs in the family is the diet is, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the patterns the the, the, we, 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 we do things from one generation to the next and that's how disease are, you know, transmitted. So I don't really believe in such an, of course, the genetics, you know, it, it, you know, it matters, but right. when it comes to chronic disease that are very preventable with lifestyle and diet changes. 
Right. I really think it can be adjusted with, you know, awareness and also uh, the right information, um, the right professionals, because it's one thing to know that something is bad, but it's another thing to know how to implement those changes in your life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So many, so many good points that you just made. I'm like, yes, it's so true. When you look at, like you said, a hamburger, that's not food. That's just a filler. It's just something that will maybe satisfy your taste buds and maybe fill your stomach, but you're getting no nutrients from it. So when you start thinking about like, oh, what, what is this going to do to nourish my body? As opposed to, I think even me, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, I didn't eat for however many hours, like I should probably eat something and then I'll grow, especially before, let's say like mm-hmm. last year, I definitely would have just got like a muffin or something where I'm like, oh, well, that's going to fill my body. It's going to give me some calories and that's all I need. But it's like that gave me no nutrition, no nutrients. I was doing nothing good for my body, but I was thinking that I was because I was eating. And it's good that you said that you don't even eat clean 100% of the time because it's sometimes it feels daunting when you implement a new lifestyle, you know, and you're like, oh, well, you're going to want to have the sugar. You're going to want to have the gluten. You're going to want to have the dairy because who doesn't like cheese? And so it's going to, it's hard to just say, no, I'm not having that at all. I'm completely stopping it. Those cravings are still going to be there. You know, so it's good. It's nice for me, at least to hear that someone like yourself, even you will have moments where you're going to eat things that are not super clean, but it's to find that balance and not beat yourself up. It's like, yeah, I had that pizza. I wanted the pizza and that's okay. And like you said, now I'm going to have anti-inflammatory foods or have herbal teas or whatever to kind of balance what you gave. I think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a really good uh, key. When I started the challenge, your challenge in November, I was nervous to start it because I love sugar. I love dairy. I'm like, how am I going to cut this off? It was a seven-day thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, how can I do this? For, even though it's seven days, it's not long at all. I'm like, how can I do this for seven days? Not have mm-hmm. cheese. I love cheese, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, it felt kind of daunting. But I, like you said before, when you want to heal yourself, when you feel like you need to do this for your body, it helps you to, it gives you the courage to be able to do it. And, and give you that uh, stamina to do it the next day and the next day after that. But what's the biggest tip that you could give to other women out there who may want to change their diet, but they find it a little scary or a little daunting? I would say to be gentle on yourself, to do it step by step, and to do it very, you know, progressively, right? So I remember when I started um, eating healthy, uh, yeah, maybe, I think maybe over 10 years ago, the first thing that I cut out was pork just because I, you know, I was struggling with a lot of uh, my drains and, you know, and I remember uh, someone told me, it was in fact a doctor, I think the very first doctor that actually mentioned diet to me. And um, he told me, um, why don't you cut out um, um, pork? He was very specific about pork. He was, uh, um, so that's how I started basically. I started with pork and I didn't have any uh, migraines. I didn't have any kind of issues. So I was doing well. It was way before I had my PCOS diagnosis. So um, after I cut out um, red meat, like I haven't had red meat in so long that if I have it, I'm probably going to get sick. My body is no longer used to it. So then I cut out red meat and then I cut out um, chicken. Chicken, I was on and off because I cut out chicken and then I started eating chicken when I was pregnant, you know, because I felt like, oh, I need more protein, uh, you right. know, I just, you know, and then, and then I cut it out again. Um, you know, it's very progressive. But the first thing that I cut that made me see a very direct improvement in my health was dairy. Mm-hmm. Like dairy is like my acne you know, was gone, but well, it wasn't completely gone, but you know what? I didn't have any flare-ups anymore. Right. I was really uh, much better than in, that it was that it was before. And uh, my period was less painful, less heavy. Like mm-hmm. it was a completely game changer. So I cut out dairy. I used to love dairy a lot. Um, but you know what? You have to go step by step. So let's say um, I started with like yogurt because I used to, you know, have a lot of yogurt. Uh, mm-hmm. and milk so I cut out yogurt and milk and then um, cheese was more difficult like uh, for a lot of people cheese is very difficult to cut yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, so good. It's, it's addictive we have to understand yeah. that these things are 
created to be addictive. Right. That's the thing. So it literally uh, released, um, I'm not going to get into details, but it's very, it's a chemical reaction. It's just like mm-hmm. sugar, like the way you are, you crave sugar is a chemical reaction. It's not a matter of, you know, willpower of, oh no, I'm, I'm not able to cut this out. It's really because your body is craving it because, right. you know, of some, you know, chemical reaction happening. So um, these foods are, are you know, inflammatory. They actually, um, they trigger the nervous system. So when, for instance, when you have a craving, you don't feel calm at all. You feel like, you know, your nervous system is, you know, agitated. You right. feel like, oh, I need to eat this, I need to eat this. So the thing is, we have to eat foods that are calming, foods that are calming. So it's really to think of food as, okay, is this making me, um, you know, more balanced or is it making me more, um, you know, agitated? And sometimes when you have a hamburger or when you have something sweet, it gives you, you know, a very temporary satisfaction, you know, right. and then after you feel bad, you feel like, oh, so um, for me, it was really understanding the impact of food on mm-hmm. my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what really helped me make those changes. But you have to be gentle with yourself. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't try to cut everything out. Go step by step. And my number one advice for women with any kind of hormonal issues, when it, whether it's like, you know, period pain or, you know, all kinds of issues, endometriosis, cut out red meat and dairy for mm-hmm. three months and see the changes. Even in one month, women see changes because when you see the changes, it motivates you to continue. Like, you know that, okay, you know, it's working. So you start with one month for for a whole cycle, you cut out dairy and red meat and you see the difference. You don't, you don't even need to be taking any herbs or supplement. Just cutting this out makes a whole difference. And when you see that, you know, you have to continue, you know, you have to, because you feel better and you don't want to feel bad. You don't want to be in pain. So you, you're going to understand that, okay, this food is not good for me. So I'm going to reduce it because you can't cut it out completely. It's difficult, especially when you eat it uh, for, uh, you know, when you have uh, eat it regularly, like you have to, to cut it out um, step by step. So for instance, um, if you eat like, let's say red meat three times a week, um, I often suggest reducing to maybe, um, you know, once a week, you know, maybe mm-hmm. twice a week, you can eat twice a week. And then the next week you only eat once a week. So your body also gets used to it and your mm-hmm. body will, your body will adapt because our body adapts to whatever we feed it. So when you cut it out, the mistake that a lot of people make is they, they cut everything out, but they don't replace. Right. You have to replace it. Otherwise you're going to be hungry. Like you're going to be very hungry. Like we say, like you're going to be uh, depleted. You're going to mm-hmm. be anxious. You're going to be, you know, so it's not, it's not that we don't want that. So you eliminate and then you replace. So let's say dairy, instead of having, uh, you know, uh, cow's milk um, or having any form of, you know, like cheese and yogurt and stuff like that, you know, you go for plant-based milk that is of course, hundred percent sugar-free. Right. Um, yeah. You know, you replace it. If you were eating lots of, um, I don't know, red meat, you replace it. You go with beans. Um, you go with uh, plant-based protein. Uh, so it's really a matter of finding what works for you, but finding balance, trying, trying new things, um, but also being part of a community. Because if you do it alone, um, you know, it's very difficult. It's very, and that's the reason why I launched a challenge because I know how hard it is to just, you know, you can have all the information, but you don't actually implement those changes when you feel like you're by yourself and you have no motivation. So, um, so this will be my, you know, my advice for, for women who want to start, you know, eating healthier. Like you said, you need the community. That's a big part of it because it's hard when you feel like you're by yourself, especially when like for me, I'm not preparing those kind of meals for the other people in my house because they don't want that. I can't force this diet on them. So then I have to prepare the foods that I shouldn't be eating. (laughs) So then I feel sad. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this looks so good. I want to eat it. And I have to eat this instead, you know? But 
So that's that's not easy. But knowing that there were other people going through the same thing and they're they're doing the same challenge as me was helpful. And and having friends, I actually have another friend who has PCOS and talking to her about it, it makes you feel a little less alone and like, okay, they can do it, I can do it too, kind of thing. But for me though, the sweets. That is something that I am still struggling with. I think I will continue to struggle with. That is my Achilles heel. I need sweets. All, it was. It's like, like you said, it's like I need it. It's like my body's like, I need it. You have to have it. And if I don't have it for a certain period of time, I, like you said, you feel like anxious and you feel like it's just, it's like an addiction. I cannot kick the habit. I will at least once a week end up having something that I shouldn't have, even if it's just a tiny piece of pie or something. I bought dates to kind of maybe, oh, well, there's my sugar, but it's kind of healthy sugar, but it's still not great for you. But um, I reached out to you during the uh, the challenge and I was like, listen, I'm really struggling with the, with the sugar. And you gave me some tips and you also said something, I can't remember 100% about like blood sugar and PCOS. Um, can you talk a little bit about like sugar cravings specifically with people with PCOS and what that link is? Well, a lot of people, the majority basically of women with PCOS um, also have insulin resistance. Um, and insulin is basically uh, a hormone that is um, uh, secreted by uh, the pancreas. And the role of insulin is really to take um, the, the sugar from whatever we eat, right, the glucose, um, mm -hmm. and take it to our cells to give us energy. So that's the basic role of insulin. So that's when insulin does its job, um, um, when insulin does its job, everything is fine. You are balanced. You don't have any kind of, you know, blood sugar issues. But mm -hmm. the thing that happens with, um, with PCOS is because, um, Insulin has a lot of work to do. Like there's a lot of sugar to process. There's a lot of glucose to process. So it goes to the cells to bring more sugar, more glucose, and the cells become resistant to insulin. So they don't open up. That's the okay. best analogy that I can, like it's like someone knocking on your door and because that person keeps knocking, you don't hear them anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. They're annoying you. So uh, mm -hmm. that's basically what happens. So insulin is stuck with lots of sugar, lots of glucose from the food you eat. And the cells are not opening up. Um, so the sugar stays in the blood. It stays in the blood. So that's how we have a lot of blood uh, sugar issues because the more, the higher uh, your blood sugar is, the more cravings you're going to have. The more craving, it's just, you know, a natural body reaction. It's like the more sugar you eat, the more you want it. So the more sugar in your bloodstream, the more you're going to have some, uh, what I call the crash. Like when you, you have like um, blood sugar dysregulation. So it goes up and down, ups and down. When you're hungry, it goes super high. Um, that's why I always advise women with PCOS not to skip their meals. Like have yeah. all the meals, have a snack. Also, like don't skip your meals because it affects your blood sugar so much. So mm -hmm. it goes up and down, up and down, and it creates all kinds of issues. It affects um, your ovaries, so it affects your uh, menstrual cycle. Um, it also affects your um, uh, androgen production. So androgens are uh, the male hormones. So the more insulin in your body, the more uh, male hormones in your body, um, the more uh, hormonal imbalance, um, it leads to, um, you know, hirsutism. So basically you start growing a bird. Um, it leads mm. to, um, you know, all kinds of, you know, infertility, um, acne. Um, so it's very connected. It's very, and that's why, you know, women with PCOS also have higher chances of, uh, you know, developing diabetes, type 2 diabetes. And that's why the same treatment that doctors give to diabetes patients, they give it to PCOS patients as well. Um, so that metformin? Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's really because, you know, the, the, the root cause is pretty much the same. Um, so we really want to pay attention to sugar. And what is really important is understanding that all forms of processed sugar, even the most natural form of sugar, is bad for you. Mm -hmm. It's bad for you when you have PCOS. Unfortunately, it's not fair. It's like, it's, you know, you didn't choose to have PCOS, but you know, someone around you can have maybe some maple syrup. It's not going to affect the blood sugar, but you, it's going to affect your blood sugar. So it's really- Even maple syrup? 
Yeah, because yeah. it's still it's still you know it's still sweet. So it's all about moderation, right. right? It's all about you know you can have you know you know from time to time some pancakes with maple syrup. Like mm-hmm. it's all about moderation. Um, so maybe, but it's always better to like have like maybe if you love baking to bake with you know like maple syrup instead of having like sugar in it. You know so. But it has, you know, it also affects your blood sugar. You have to be aware of that, that, you know, just because it's natural, just because it's honey, doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's not going to affect your blood sugar levels. Um, so it's, it's, it's very unfortunate, but at the same time, it really uh, made me aware of how much sugar is in our diet. You know, so much sugar and sometimes it's unnecessary. Like, and the more you train your body to eat, to eat less sugar, the less your body will actually, um, you know, be addicted, you know, right. like, um, like I don't eat any kind of, uh, you know, baking goods, like stuff that I buy, you know, in the, you know, the, you know, at Costco, you know, those right. muffins and stuff like yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, good things. yeah, like I don't eat any kind of like, even I don't, eat, I make my own stuff. But one day I remember, um, a couple of months ago, like I had a, a muffin, like something I bought, like maybe, I don't know maybe première moisson, something like, Mm -hmm. and it was shocking how sweet it was. Like, I was like, oh my God, like, what is this? Like, you know, I was so shocked. Like I, you know, I couldn't eat it. Like, oh my God, you know, because it was so sweet, but it's, you know, for most people, it's normal. It's a normal, you know, level of sweetness in a muffin. For me, because I didn't, I wasn't used to it anymore. But even when I make my own stuff at home, like, I really add like sweeteners in moderation. Like I don't make it overly sweet. Like I, you know, so to me, my, my, my body was in shock, you know, my, my, it was really a shock. So that's what happens when you, you, you reduce sugar, when you, um, when you cut it out, you know, the best you can, um, your body is, is no longer used to it. Um, you can still have uh, some dysregulation in your blood sugar levels, but um, you can calm it down with healthy carbs. So that's the thing that people need to know is that carbs, healthy carbs, they have sugar, but they have um, they have a, a healthier form of sugar. You know, um, in in processed sugars, for instance, let's say you're having um, you know a pie like that's made with like sugar, you know, brown sugar or whatever. Um, Sugar in that form is goes directly to the bloodstream. Like it's completely like it's so quick. That's why it causes all kinds of um, blood sugar dysregulation because it goes directly to the bloodstream because there's nothing to process. Basically, there's nothing to process by the body. So it's not like when you eat maybe uh, a sweet potato. Sweet potato has you know natural sugars, but mm-hmm. sweet potato goes through a different process. You know, uh, it is digested more slowly. And it means that you don't have a blood sugar spike, right? right. It doesn't spike. It just gives you more energy. Right, right, so right. It's really the difference. So for me, I would say, you know, you know, reduce sugar, cut out sugar, but replace it because you're going to be craving sugar anyway. So yeah. replace it with healthy fats, replace it with healthy carbs, um, replace it um, with uh, the combination of both because they, they work both together, like fat and, you know, um, so um, the same way for fruits, like fruits, they're good, but some of them are very, very sweet. Uh, so you have to eat them in moderation. You have to, you know, uh, maybe like things like uh, watermelon, like it's super good. It's super sweet. Um, uh, it's definitely healthier for you than having like a muffin or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you also have to be mindful of, you know, the glycemic index. So basically how much glucose is inside the watermelon, right? So uh, you can eat it. But what I often recommend is maybe having a source of healthy fats before, like before before eating the, the fruits. So maybe let's say in the morning, if you want to have some fruits, I would say, okay, why don't you have an avocado first? Like, right. why don't you have like some avocado and then, you know, maybe uh, 30 minutes or one hour later have, you know, have some fruits, you know, mm-hmm. kind of helps, um, you know, uh, you know, regulate your blood sugar level. Of course, it's different for, um, you know, for a lot of people, you have to find what works for you, but this mm-hmm. is what have been uh, very effective 
in my experience. So I learned something new now, the maple syrup. I, I, I have to be careful with that too, because I was thinking, oh, well, it's not refined sugar, so it's okay, but I have to be careful. What about, um, I use coconut sugar. What do you, what do you think about coconut yeah, sugar? Yeah, no, it's, it's still a no. It's like, oh, darn. It's, it's, it's healthier than, uh, yeah. no, but it's still very, very sweet. It's still very, um, it, it affects your, your blood sugar, but, you know, like I say, um, you can have some coconut sugar into your, you know, bake, you know, your cakes or whatever. You know, yeah. you know. uh, but it's all about moderation. Like I said, you know, like you won't eat it every day, right? right. So yeah. You have it once, you know, once a week, then that's fine. Um, but you know, the, the, you know, the best thing will always be to cut it out like to not to eat it because right. it's not, especially in the early state when you're trying to like balance your hormones, when your cycle is irregular, like when you're having issues, you really have to make sure to cut things out so that when you get back into balance, you can start reintroducing certain things in moderation mm. uh, so that it doesn't disrupt uh, your cycle. Hmm. You were talking before about uh, birth control and how doctors really focus on like fertility and PCOS like okay yeah when you're ready to have a baby come back and talk to me like it's not all about fertility but it does affect fertility right so um we know that it will affect a woman's ability to get pregnant increases chance of miscarriage so for someone who has PCOS it can make that journey of trying to conceive super like emotional and frustrating and just a, a difficult time. Um, so what advice would you like to share with other women out there that have PCOS who are trying to conceive or who want to conceive sometime in the future? I would say that fertility is a vital sign. We don't often think of fertility as a vital sign, but fertility is a way of saying if a woman is healthy or not. So it's, it's, it's very important to look at it that way. That means that even if you're not planning to conceive, having a regular cycle, having regular ovulation, um, you know, being balanced with your hormones, um, I think it's very, very important when it comes to general health. Now, when you have PCOS, you have more issues than a regular woman to, you know, because today, it's also important to mention that uh, fertility rates are declining globally. It's mm-hmm. really like um, connected to, you know, how we live, you know, our lifestyle, our diets and everything. So it's uh, harder to get pregnant today than it was maybe 50 years ago, right? So um, in general, women who with no like health conditions, um, I often recommend to prepare your body for pregnancy at least three to six months before you know, this is for regular women with no hormonal conditions. Right. So when you have PCOS, it can take even longer than that. And it's more complex. And it's important to raise the alarm because, you know, doctors, some doctors, um, make it seem like, oh, you know, you get on the birth control and once you quit, when, when you stop birth control and you're finally ready to have children, it's just going to happen. Like it's going to happen like, you know, naturally or, right. you know, it's, it's not true. First of all, birth controls affect your fertility. Like, so why would you give birth control to a woman who already has fertility issues? Right. So it doesn't make sense. Why would you give birth control to someone who's already, uh, who's already have um, higher chances of developing depression when we know birth control is associated, it's associated with depression? Yeah. Why would you give birth control to someone who has higher chances of developing endometrial cancer? when birth control is associated with higher risk of cancer. Like it doesn't make any kind of sense. So um, I think the most important thing before like getting into like, you know, fertility protocols is being aware that your fertility is something you're taking care of on a daily basis. Not just when you want to have kids, not just when you were diagnosed with, you know, PCOS or anything like you have to be mindful of that. Um, and, um, if you have PCOS now, the most important thing is to, um, get your cycle in order because we need to, the the thing with PCOS is that you can have like, um, cycles. You can, you can bleed every month, but not ovulate, right? It happens to a lot of women with PCOS. So the most important thing is to, um, you know, restore ovulation, to restore a healthy, um, a normal, regular cycle. 
which is very hard for a lot of women who sometimes uh, have amenorrhea, like they don't have their periods at all. So the first step will be to like, you know, restore your menstruation. And we do this with diet. We do this with herbs, uh, lifestyle management, um, you know, emotional health tools. Like it's a holistic approach. Um, And once your cycle is back to normal, now we optimize ovulation. We really, uh, I I mean, I emphasize a lot on diet because, um, you know, the nutrients that you get from your food is what helps your body do its natural job. So your body is able to get pregnant naturally. But what makes a difference is really um, what are you giving um, what are you giving yourself on a daily basis? What, what food are you eating? What is your lifestyle? Because stress is a huge problem when it comes to women's fertility. So being mindful of that is very important. And this is beyond the herbs, beyond uh, the supplements, beyond the diet is really the lifestyle is really your emotional health. Um, and the good thing is uh, the protocols that we do, like when it comes to diet, when it comes to supplements and herbs, they also help optimize your emotional health because right. there are, you know there are lots of foods, lots of uh, herbs and nutrients that are beneficial for your emotional health. And when you feel balanced, you know, in your mind and spirit, you also your body listens because your mind and body make one. I don't know why people say like, oh, there's a you know physical health and then you know mental health is the same, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It's the same thing because yeah. uh you know there's a gland i'm not gonna get into this but there's a gland into the you know in your brain that communicates directly with your ovaries like it's everything is connected so we have to take that approach um and for 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 women really who um have plans to you know get pregnant i will say keep a journal keep a cycle journal it's very important to have like a journal to track like okay maybe you know my cycle you know, it was it, maybe yeah, it was like forty five days. Now it went back to uh, thirty seven days, so it's better. Um, um, this is what I noticed. This is what I see. This is what I eat. This is what I was eating. This is the these are the supplements that I'm taking to see what works for you, mm-hmm. right? Because when you see practitioners like me, like I will give you uh, a protocol based on what I think is best for you right? Uh, based on your health history, based on what you share with me. But really, I encourage people to do the work themselves. Like, to, you, you know, you can have something and you feel like, no, it doesn't really work for me. And you feel more comfortable having something else. So it's really about being involved in your own care. Um, and um, the other thing is uh, tracking your cycle, uh, and I'm not talking about the apps, like the, the you know, the apps are not accurate. Like, first of all, uh, <laughs> you're assuming that you ovulate like yeah, two weeks after. Your yeah, yeah, it's absolutely not accurate. You have to to observe your body. You have to look at the sign to know if you're ovulating. You have to look at your cervical mm-hmm. mucus. You have mm-hmm. to observe the texture of it. If it, you know, if the texture is similar to egg white, then you know you're ovulating. Um, so it's, th- we were not taught these things. First of all, like I was not taught like that I had to look at my cervical mucus. So, right. you know, <laughs> you know, so, um, I totally understand that if, you know, some women are listening to like, what, what's she talking about? But it's normal, right? But once you know that there's a lot of things that you didn't know about yourself, about your body, then you take initiative to learn about those things. So the first thing is actually knowing when you're ovulating. And once you are ovulating, um, to uh, do everything to optimize conception. Mm-hmm. So if it means like eating, you know, your, you know, the right foods and not, you know, you know, being very strict with your diet, you have to do it. If it means going to bed early, because one thing that a lot of women with PCOS struggle with is sleep issues. Like they have a lot of sleep issues and it affects their circadian rhythm. Um, basically, we are, you know, some people say, oh, I'm a night owl. You're not an owl. You, you are a human being. And you need to eat. You know, it's, it's like it's, it's just crazy. Like it's you know, and it's a culture we live in. You know, it's really not our fault. It's the culture we live in where you know we make certain things normal. Like you know, you know. Yeah, it's so true. It's like you're 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 proud. Yeah. That you're a night owl. Like yeah, I work yeah. so hard. I'm proud of it. It's like no, like no, no. You need to sleep at night. Like you yeah. need to, your body was made to sleep at night. Every cell in your body has a circadian rhythm. So that means that 
it works on a 24 hour rhythm. So, um, you know, you wake up in the morning, you sleep at night. And that's why a lot of women who work, um, you know, who have night shifts, they have a lot of fertility issues, a lot. There's mm-hmm. actually a study on it. Like it, it affects, it affects our hormones. It affects our health. So, um, when you have your ovulation restored, um, make sure that you're eating right, that you're taking your supplements, that you're taking your herbs, that you're resting, that you are relaxed, you know, because you need to be relaxed for conception to happen. And also make sure that your partner is on board because it takes two to tango, right? Because, right. you know, I've had a lot of cases of women we've worked you know, they've, they've been through the protocol, like they've done everything right. They have their menstruation back, they have their ovulation back. Um, and now the issue is the partner because the partner is not, you know, eating right or they're stressed or whatever. And it affects, it affects also, you know, the sperm quality, right? It affects, so um, have your partner in board. Like it doesn't mean that they have to eat everything you're eating, but they have to, you know, Avoid like things like alcohol, uh, avoid, you know, huge period of like long period of stress, uh, mm. avoid coffee, avoid, you know, there like it affects, it affects um, our reproductive system. So um, this will be my advice and do not lose hope. Of course, um, you know, PCOS, uh, you know, put us as at greater risk of, you know, developing all kinds of issues, pregnancy related issues, preeclampsia. Uh, miscarriages, um, all kinds of issues. So don't be discouraged because the simple fact that you get pregnant is a miracle, right? According to science, it is a miracle because you're not supposed to get pregnant naturally when you have PCOS. So don't get discouraged because it means that we... When you get pregnant, it means that your body is doing its job, right? right. Uh, but you still have like an, an underlying chronic health condition that you have to keep in mind. So you have to eat right. You have to take care of yourself. You have to surround yourself also with uh, people and practitioners who can support you through your pregnancy. Good tips out there. I'm sure you're helping a lot of women out there with all of those tips. Um, so last thing I want to talk about is your herbs. Um, like I said, I found you through Facebook, uh, your company. I was just, I, I was, I was so hoping to cure my problem, reverse my symptoms and get healthy. So when I saw that you had a certain products, two specifically happy period and mama bloom, I was like, yes, let's try this. So mama bloom is supposed to help with fertility and mm-hmm. happy period supposed to, like it says, make your period happier. Yeah. It absolutely does. For me, um, I suffer from excruciating pain, vomiting. Like it, it's just, it's been bad since I got my period and nothing has ever worked as effectively and quickly as this happy period tea. When I feel those major cramps about to come on, or I just get my period as soon as I get it, or if I know, you know, you never know when you're going to get your period when you have PCOS, but if I can kind of gauge, I try to take it before I start my period. And let me tell you, it has changed the period game for me. Now I don't suffer from any excruciating pain. If I get cramps, it's like so minor, it's unbelievable. And then for the mama bloom, I would get my period like, Every two, three, four months, it would never be every month at all. And since starting the Mama Bloom team, I get my period every single month. And I'm more aware of my body now that I'm older and like, you know, more concerned about this. And I could tell I'm ovulating every month. Like every month, my body is doing what it's supposed to do. And I know it's hugely in part because of the Mama Bloom tea, because I started doing that before I changed my diet. And I already saw a difference just with those teas. So it, would you quickly talk to um, our audience about the the magicalness about these these herbs? Well, uh, first of all, I'm so happy to hear that. Like, I, I, I it, it just makes me so happy to know that, uh, you know, the the herbs and, you know, the teas, they have been helpful to you. So it's, it's, it's the reason why I'm doing what I do. And Mama Bloom is really the tea that I made to heal myself. Basically Mm. it's, it's, it's what I made in my kitchen. Like, you know, I didn't even took like, at the time I didn't even took any herbalism class. Like I was just there. I'm very intuitive. I learned a lot. I, you know, I've always been into herbs, into natural healing, so I was really experimenting because, like I said, 
I was sick of being sick and mm -hmm. I had nothing to lose, you know? So I was already told I was going to have kids. So I was like, okay, you know what? I just want to have a regular cycle. Mm -hmm. I just want to be healthy. So Mama Bloom, the original formula was something, a tea that I was drinking every day um, when I decided to heal myself from PCOS. So um, it's a very, 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 uh, it's a tea that I love uh, a lot because um, it helps so much. It helps with, uh, of course, fertility, but like I said, fertility is is the end result of a healthy body, right. healthy hormones. So um, it helps balance your cycle, balance your hormones, reduce, BCO, uh, reduce PMS, PCOS symptoms. Um, it really helps bring your hormones back to a natural balance. So uh, this is something that is helpful for women with PCOS, but also for women who are trying to conceive, uh, for women with, uh, you know, um, uh, ovarian cysts, um, endometriosis, like all kinds of reproductive health issues, mm -hmm. be helpful for them. Um, so um, happy period is something that uh, was developed, uh, you know, a little bit after uh, because I was having a lot of, basically all of my products were, <laughs> were like the result of my own issues. That's um, amazing. The, the, like the the very first products were just a result of my my own issues. It's only after that, you know, with you know feedback from customers and stuff like that, that I started, you know, expanding the line to other products, other things. But the initial products, which were Mama Bloom, which is the fertility tea cleanse, which is also very important for PCOS. This is the mm -hmm. most important thing. Like before you get to the fertility tea. You need to detox. You need to cleanse your body of harmful toxins, of you know um, hormones that are there that are not supposed to be there. You have to decrease inflammation. You have to you have to um, you know help your body um, because we didn't talk about it. But uh, gut health is very yeah. important. it's very very important. So um, cleanse is really the first tea I would recommend anyone with PCOS to begin with. Because once you are cleansed, once your body um, is balanced, once you don't have, you know, higher levels of inflammation, once your digestion is completely normal, you can then implement herbs that are beneficial for fertility, for menstrual cycle, because your body will not only absorb them better, but it's also like, it's like, you know, when something is, is messy, you don't come and then put something is dirty. You don't come and then add something on top of it. You need to cleanse the space first, you need to, you know, so cleanse is really the first step. Um, and then Mama Bloom was very helpful. A happy period if you're having amenorrhea. So if you don't have uh, a cycle at all, I will directly put you on happy period. Like it's the first thing. Like, yeah, you, you need to balance your hormones. Mama Bloom does a trick most of the time. Um, but happy period was really like developed for people who also had like, you know, strong menstrual cramps and stuff like that. Uh, so you can use both. Like I said, uh, herbs are very um, individual. Um, they they have they have energies. They, they you know they're different because they're, they're, there are millions of herbs, right? And you can have a thousand herbs that are good for fertility, but the way you associate them will have a different result, right? The way you take them. So that's why I often say, okay, I give the initial protocol. So go with the cleanse. Um, then use a happy period. If you don't have a regular cycle, use it for at least three months to balance your cycle, your hormones. And then when your cycle is back to regular, then you start using Mama Bloom, mm -hmm. right? So this is this is like what I tend to recommend, you know, in general, like women with PCOS, but every woman is different, right. like every woman. So, um, so that's why it's very important to also like um, uh, get direct advice before... Um, taking, you know, any kinds of natural products, any kinds of herbs, you have to, to, to get uh, guidance from a professional. Um, and um, so, yeah, so this was really the result of my own uh, struggle to, to, to get well. And uh, Mama Bloom, I was taking it for, um, I don't know, a couple of months. In three months, I got my period back. It was regular. My period was back to normal and regular. And three months later, I was pregnant. Like it was wow. really, it's really what, like it was really bad. So I was like, oh wait, like I was just trying to balance my whole. Life. I was just, you know, like, <laughs> like wait a second. <laughs> like I didn't like this. Not what I had planned, but you yeah. know, you know, it happened. So 
Um, so that's, I'm also sharing that story to, 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 you know, so that people are aware that fertility is really a result of, you know, a healthy mind and body. Right. And, and it's, it's so important to emphasize that, to not focus on, because some people focus on fertility and feel like, oh no, I'm not able to conceive. I'm not able. It's not you. Like, it's not that you're not yeah. able to conceive. It's that your body needs some nutrients, some specific nutrients. Your body sometimes just needs some, to rest. Sometimes it's just that you need to rest. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, sometimes you're not in a, in a right relationship. Like the sort mm-hmm. of people is just like, you know, you are in a very toxic relationship or toxic yeah. environment and your body is not able to relax and, you know, and it's blocking you from conceiving. So there are so many reasons why you may be having issues to conceive when you have PCOS on top of your hormonal disorder. So don't take it like personally, like yeah. something that you have to be able to do. You don't have to do anything. Like conception happens very uh, effortlessly, basically. Right. You don't need to be doing anything. But what you can control is what you eat, is how you sleep, is what you put in your body. And herbs are very important to optimize your body's natural functions. Great advice. Great. I, I, I really like everything that you had to say. It's like, wow, I wish I would have had this conversation with you years ago. My life would have been so different, but I'm glad that I, I was able to find you um, this year. That's This is one good thing that's come out of 2020 is me finding your products and learning more <laughs> about all of this. This is great. So for everybody else uh, listening out there, where could they find your products? Well, they can find uh, my products uh, on uh, on my website. Um, my company's name is Anne and Ellie Apothecary. So A double N E L I Apothecary A P O T H E C A R Y dot com. Um, so we have um, basically all of our products. They are available online. Um, if you live in Montreal, we also have um, uh, a shop that is selling our products. So uh, it's called Artisan 422. Uh, so some of our herbal teas are available there, but really all of our products are on the website. So um, if you want to have like more information, feel free to email me, to reach out to me. My contact details are um, on the website. And, um, and yeah, so just take your health into your own hands and and uh, give it a, give it a try. Just give it a try and see what happens. I love it. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. I am sure a lot of people are going to come away with so much more information. I know I've learned just from this conversation myself. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, my pleasure. It's really uh, it's really an honor to to speak about those issues. And like you say, uh, I wish I had this conversation like ten years ago. Like to. Right you know, to kind of know what I was uh, getting myself into with PCOS, but, right. um, you know, but when you know you do better and when you know you share that knowledge with others. So I'm very grateful for that opportunity and thank you for, for also choosing this topic. I think it's very, very important and would be beneficial to a lot of women. Our thanks again to special guest Andrea Bomo. And just like she said at the end of this episode, When you know better, you do better. And then you share that information with others. So in the spirit of that, we will be launching a giveaway where you can choose one of Andrea's great products. So make sure you head on over to our socials on Instagram and Facebook at A Shot of Melanin to find out all the contest details. Until next time.